another episode of the Dino Talk Podcast. Nick, Jesse, Logan, back again. Another week. Football has already started, and we're pretty excited. We were ready for this podcast for a while, and we're just ready to talk about the week one games. Um, one of you guys want to start us off, kind of walk through the games, like what you all thought, and we have some segments to get to as well. Last night was the most – or two nights ago, the most disappointing night of my life. That's what I think about week one. On to you, Logan. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of thought this week one was uh, a little rusty for a lot of teams. A lot of quarterbacks looked like crap. And uh, some receivers, fantasy-wise, just didn't seem to uh, you know, show up like some of us were saying. Kind of sucked, but still fun watch. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, there's some really bad quarterback play all across the board, especially the elite quarterbacks, to where it's just like, do we – dismiss it just like week one blues do we look into it more also some like mid-tier quarterbacks look terrible like i'm I'm more likely to say that they are just like head to the dumps but should we say that about elite quarterbacks i have no idea i'm tempted to just throw out week one but unfortunately fantasy started the season started we can't do that but definitely a weird week i would like to point out uh especially from just based on week one uh, people who probably waited on QB looking real good this year, looking real good. The way the year that the QBs were all getting drafted way early, third, fourth, fifth round. Boy, oh boy, if you waited till the 13th and grabbed Jordan Love, <laughs> you're feeling good today. Feeling good today. Yeah, at least in for me in redraft this year, I, I was burned last year so bad with waiting on quarterback. And I got Trey Lance in some leagues. He got hurt. I was just scrambling every every week. Then in leagues this year, I got Josh Allen, got Patrick Mahomes, super excited. But they laid huge, huge duds. So I don't know what to think. Yeah, I do also just want to go down with saying, yeah, there was like a ton of elite quarterbacks in the league, like Joe Burrow that laid a dud. Um Ryan Tannehill, like, and then even week one, Patrick Mahomes uh, didn't look the greatest. And honestly, I didn't know if that was just strictly off Travis Kelsey being injured, which is a huge injury to their offense. But it's going to be interesting seeing the Chiefs, the defending league winners, to see if they'll be able to bounce back because I know a lot of people drafted Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey pre-injury, like, super early. So it should be fun to watch. Yeah, it was crazy watching those top six, like three of the top six quarterbacks, you know, like led uh, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Ryan Tannehill. Broke my heart. Yeah, I I don't expect the elites like the Tannehills. I'm just kidding. Very sly to throw Tannehill in there. But let's kind of get on to one more thing here before um, we start something else. Um, So we we dropped a lot of takes this offseason, some buys, some sells. Some hot takes. Does anyone after the first week have any that they regret or that they're ready to just move on from for good? Okay, I guess that's my cue, huh? Okay. Well, <clears throat> all right. Calvin Ridley, 
I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yep. That's uh man, if I would have drafted Calvin early at like wide receiver 13 or whatever I was saying was way too high, be feeling pretty good. Uh, um, I mean, he looked every part of a top five wide receiver out there. Uh, whenever you think about who his quarterback is and just, I mean, yeah, I could see him being worth every penny that you drafted him for in dynasty and probably a little bit more and redraft probably even better. Yeah. I'd, I'd take my L's on, on the show. Hey, I, I'm willing to admit it. I'm willing to take them. So, uh, Christian Kirk as well. <laughs> um, yeah, my boy's a wide receiver three on the team. Zay Jones, absolutely beating him out. Uh, there was one play in particular where I said, oh, boy, I was real wrong about Christian Kirk. If you want to, you know, look back, it's in the third quarter. Jaguars need to score. They And it's like second and seven, I want to say, something like that. And they need a first down. And he has Christian Kirk. I'm talking about wide open for seven yards, like right on the first down line. I mean, it would have been the easiest thing. Calvin Ridley was double teamed 15 yards down the field and like in the same line of sight. Like there's no way Trevor Lawrence didn't see Christian Kirk wide open. And he chose to try to fit it in between two defenders to Calvin Ridley 15 yards deep. I'm concerned. I'm concerned. And uh, yeah, that's, that's it on the Jaguars. Yeah, that's one thing I was gonna. I was curious about is just like the like Christian Kirk is just like, I mean, he was he was above Zay Jones last year, but it's just this year. Like, I wonder what happened. Like, that was, that's kind of weird, and it is just week one, so it, like things could turn. But it's definitely something that's a bit odd, and definitely a concern for Kirk. And it's looking pretty good for Ridley. And for everybody who drafted Christian Kirk, looking concerning for. In case you guys didn't know, I've, I've invested highly in Christian Kirk. <laughs> I was going to say, though, uh, Christian Kirk's lucky Evan Ingram's listed as a tight end, or he might be receiver four on that team. <laughs> oh, it's scary how right you are, though. <laughs> With ETN, he's like the target. He's like the fifth target getter on the offense, dude. Yeah. Not looking like a Tyler Lockett career arc. Not going <laughs> Yeah, definitely is definitely a bit tough. I there's a few of my takes that I'm definitely like wondering about after week one, but I don't know if there's any that I'm fully ready to like completely give in on. Like Sky Moore is the obvious one. He had no catches, but I mean so did Drake London, so did T. Higgins. But I mean Sky Moore did play the most snaps out of all the wide receivers and it was kind of a last second thing where Travis Kelsey didn't play last second thing where Kadarius Tony did play to where I think their chiefs offense as a whole was kind of a mess to where I'm not ready to completely give in yet on sky, but definitely a bit of a concern. Uh, it did seem like kind of like what Jesse was saying is that sky was just kind of an afterthought when he was in like Patrick wasn't really looking at him early in the game. I mean, late in the game, he was looking at him, which I don't know what to think about that. I mean, he's a guy that was on the field a lot. Um, but, I, I mean, I talked about talked to Jesse about this early in the week. I, I remember a few years ago being very in on Donovan Peoples-Jones' breakout. And after week one, he played, I think, 93 94% of snaps. He had 
one target, one catch for four yards. And through the first four weeks of the season, he was basically just running wind sprints out there. He was playing a ton of snaps, but he was just out there getting exercise. Like he was like maybe getting a look when everything else failed. And that's kind of what I'm worried about with Sky here. But the big thing with Donovan is he ended up turning it around like throughout the season to where he made something of it just like by playing so many snaps and getting the rapport with the quarterback. And I'm kind of worried that that could be the case this guy this year, that we could have some lulls where I'm, I'm not firing him out there in my lineup until he can really prove it. And it's not something I'm ready to completely give in, but it's, it was definitely a bit of a concern week one. Yeah. The only league I'm going to be playing sky more from here on out is probably my guillotine league until he proves it a little bit more. And uh, guillotine though, man, I, I'm, I need him. I need him to do something next week. Uh, he's got to play for me. So I need him one more week. Just last me one more week. And I'll find him a replacement. But yeah, going on to maybe one take I might have to step back from for a little bit. Uh, uh, it's probably um, my take on DeAndre Swift somehow having a bounce back here. But I do think it's not too late for the Eagles to kind of step towards the light a little bit and realize that he's very good at passing catching like catching passes and just making runs. He doesn't have to be there every down back, but if they could just utilize him in the passing game, instead of giving him two snaps or whatever he ended up having, um, then I think maybe it could happen, but I mean, that's just being completely optimistic. I feel like it's week one. The Eagles look kind of shaky. They kind of almost threw the game away. And um, maybe there's like some coaching problems, personnel problems, or they just need to figure something out. And um, I probably should have highlighted whenever I gave the take that DeAndre Swift's probably going to just be absolutely hit or miss or just, yeah, never see the field, even though they signed him. Who knows? Yeah, it's kind of upsetting. DeAndre Swift, he seems like he's one of the most explosive players. I mean, that like I mean, whenever he was with the Lions, man, I, I can't think of you know Tyree Kill. There's a couple names that come to mind that are more explosive than him, but man, I mean, yeah, I, I sure wish uh, the Eagles were going to use him more. But the Eagles are also overloaded with talent um, in the skill position, so trying to you know spread those targets around can be tough. So I get it, I get it. I I have empathy for Nick Sariani. So many talented players to get the ball to. It's tough, but. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm with you. I think, uh, I think the same thing about DeAndre Swift. So, I'm, uh, I'm with you that it was a horrible take, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's not horrible yet because I saw there's there's already speculation and potential trade rumors that DeAndre Swift could revitalize his career and on the Colts. So maybe that's what I'm hoping for. He just gets out of Philly. <laughs> hey, knows? there we go. There we go. <laughs> How do you feel about that one, Nick? I know uh, DeAndre Swift is on our shared team together. Me and Nick spent a first on him last year, so. Jesse, come on. We don't need to tell everything on this one. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah, I think we've talked about it before. We we thought we were ready to win, and it it didn't quite work out as planned. But we're moving on. We're trying to move in a positive direction, but not looking great. But we'll do it. But – on this, I, I'm going to talk about the Eagles a little bit later in the podcast, but I'm not ready to fully give up on Swift yet. I 
like Gainwell, like he got a lot of the snaps, but he really wasn't great with it. And plug your ears, Jesse, the Eagles offense wasn't great week one. Like they got to, they got to change something up. And Nick Sirianna said after the game, like someone's got to play him more. Well, he's the coach and he should be the one making the change. And yeah, I, I'm not ready to give throw in the towel yet. I think the Eagles kind of needed a spark on offense and Gainwell wasn't giving him that. And I think Swift is one who's dynamic with the ball. And I think he's going to get a chance, like whether or not he does something with it. I don't know, but I, I think he's going to get a chance. Mm-hmm. I think that going into this next week, Oh, sorry, Jesse, uh, going oh, yeah. into this next week, Gainwell's already been ruled out against the Vikings. So it looks like he might get his chance to stand out here soon. So yep, there's his chance. I, I did not know Gainwell was out already for tomorrow night. So uh, yeah, I mean, actually exactly what I was going to say is I only think my concern would be that he's only going to get, you know, like a couple, a couple chances, like a couple touches at it because Gainwell's going to take the majority of the snaps. Yeah, I mean that's very possible that uh, that Thursday could be could be the night for Old Swift. Yeah, well, if you guys don't have anything else, um, let's. So, we actually have a new segment to announce. Kind of teased about it earlier. And it's something, it's called the Stock Market Games. And each week, we're going to, like, we're going to do a little bit of this each week. And it's just kind of going to be a segment where we throw out a take. And the others will get to announce whether or not they buy the take, buy shares of it, they sell it. Or whether or not they're just holding for now. Like, they, they really don't want to feel strongly either way. They're just holding. And also, we're going to hear whether or not we believe the take. So we're not all in on each of these takes. Like, could be the case for them. Not the case for me. But, yeah, I think this is going to be pretty fun. I'm excited about it. But we each have a few takes to throw out. And... You know what? I say we go ahead and get started. So the stock market games have begun. And I'll go ahead and start with it here. My first one is Sean Tucker will be the Bucks leader in running back touches by week six. That is what's going to happen. What do you guys think? You know, I was I'm really surprised at this one because all offseason, I felt like you were kind of the Rashad White guy. So uh, pretty surprised to, to see this one on here. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't absolutely hate it, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, I don't know. I guess I'm buying, I guess I'm buying it. Um, I could see it happening. It's not that I'm a huge Rashad white guy, 
I uh, I do have a few shares of him, but uh, I think I actually have a few more of Sean Tucker, so wouldn't be bad. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I could see it. I could see it. Uh, he he looked like the better back this weekend. I think he might overtake him. Yeah, and I'll go ahead and step in here because Logan had to step away. But I'm buying this. I Rashad White. How many times are they going to let him carry the ball fifteen to twenty times and not get over forty yards? Like that happened this week, and it last year it was consistent. They did not have the running production, like Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. Like neither of them were productive runners. And I do think White is a pretty decent receiving back. Like that's what coming out. That's what I thought was his strong suit. But it's just like if they're just going to run him this much, like that's not that's not productive for their team. And the the Bucks look better than I thought week one, and. I think going forward, Sean Tucker's the guy. Like, he should be the guy. Like, he should be the guy carrying the ball. I mean, maybe let White do the receiving work, but I think Tucker's one who's going to – he's a productive runner. Like, he proved that in college, and I think he's a very good player. And I I think by week six, I think they're, they're going to try to get White going. But I think by week six, I think Sean Tucker's going to be either at least even with him, but if not, like, I think he's going to have more touches. So then let me ask you this, uh, between Sean Tucker and Rashad White after week six, so you're saying Sean Tucker's going to take it over completely. If Rashad White retains the receiving work, are you still buying Sean Tucker over Rashad White in uh, in PPR fantasy? I am, because if I'm one if I, like as of now, it's like Rashad White's getting the work, like he's getting, he's had a higher snap share, like he's getting 17 carries, like he's getting a lot of a lot of work and if Sean Tucker starts getting those carries I think he's a productive runner and I think he could get one to two three catches a game and like maybe there will be games where White will catch five to six passes where it'll be good but I think I think consistency wise I'd rather have Tucker and I think he's got a high ceiling and like he went undrafted which I still don't understand I mean I know he had the heart heart issue but like he's already playing and he's i think he's still 21 years old like he's a good talent i i prefer tucker and i mean as of as of now i probably prefer white but i think as a week six i think i will be on the tucker side i can see it i'm buying logan you buying you selling you holding yeah um honestly i like that idea because i feel like every time i've watched um shad white um He's just way better at a receiving back. And I feel like that's pretty evident. I feel like Sean Tucker's got like that workhorse mentality. And obviously the Buccaneers kind of need that stable running back. So some would say that I'm buying in on this take too. Um, I think Sean Tucker's going to jumpstart his uh, production here pretty soon. So yeah, I, I completely buy in on that take too. Woo. Nice take, Nick. Games have begun. In a positive direction for me. All righty. My turn. We're going to go with one that these guys are both going to love here. I know they're both buying it. 100%. I know we did just talk about some of my bad takes. You know, the, one of my worst, Trish and Kirk. Let's go ahead and talk about a great take by by your boy Jay Sets over here. We're talking about Jordan Love. My take, Packers aren't going to miss a beat switching over to J- Jordan Love from Aaron Rodgers. And I'll tell you right now, boys, 
You knew I was buying it from the beginning of the season. I'm buying it now. What do you guys think? I think it's too too early to tell. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like just, you know, watching Bears Packers week one, I feel like there wasn't much to take away. Minus a slow first half, but I mean, he didn't really make many mistakes. So I think that buying into him is easily the best option because their offense is pretty packed with talent, even though their receivers aren't like all high draft stock um, guys. I feel like him just playing baseline and not making many mistakes is just kind of the key to su his success. So I feel like, I, you know, I, um, I probably won't buy in there right now, but I'll say I'll hold on that take because I don't, you know, I might be a bit biased against him, but I'm fine with saying that I think he has extreme upside, but do I think he's going to be like top 10 quarterback in the league? I'm not sure yet. I don't think so. But the preseason games, Logan, the preseason game. <laughs> All right, Nick, let's hear it, buddy. I'm going to hold. I'm sorry, Jesse. I He did look good. Like, the Packers look good. Like, they, they beat up on the Bears. And unfortunately, I'm a Bears fan. But because of that, I've watched a lot of the game. And the Bears are a mess. Like, defensively, it is bad. Like, they have no pass rush. Like, the Bears have absolutely no pass rush. And a lot of the touchdowns the Packers scored, at least early in the second half where it started to blow open, a lot of those were scheme touches. Like, Aaron Jones had the, took those screen passes and took them a long way. Like, Love did have some good good plays, but he, he had a lot of empty pockets to throw. And he had, like, that wide open one to Musgrave, Aaron Jones did a lot of stuff after the catch. Um, that's why I'm not fully in on Jordan Love, just like completely riding it out with the Packers offense. But I mean, it's a good start. I mean, great for confidence. Like, I think confidence is huge at that position. And he seems to be a confident guy right now. And he's he's letting it rip back there. Like he he looks confident, he looks good. And I'm excited to see what happens, but I'm not I'm not ready to say that yet. I'm sorry. I'm selling that. Or I'm holding. Oh. I'm holding. Oh, okay. Not All, right. All right. Ooh, <laughs> almost controversial. I was, a, I was about to say, man. <laughs> I mean, you guys know how the stock market works, right? You're supposed to buy when it's low, and then it's going to grow over time, right? No, no, no. I'm joking. I'm joking. But, uh, I mean, how long can we wait, man? He, he already did it in the preseason. He did it week one. Man, y'all are, are going to wait till the price is too expensive. But, hey, that's all right. That's all right. Hey, at least you're holding you'll make some money on, on what you're holding on to right now. But uh, if you're like me, you're going to go buy some more and uh, be a little happier. Yeah, the, the other thing I'd say is that their receiving core is still very young. Like, they have a very young receiving core, and they're going to be growing on the fly. Like, if it's week three, week four, and that offense is humming, I, I do like their defense. Then I'll buy high. I'll buy high. But I'm not ready to buy at the price right now. I'm sorry. More for me. <laughs> yeah, I was also going to say, I did like how Jordan Love was spreading the ball to multiple receivers, but I think I will be holding on till a decision when they play the Lions. That's that's going to be here in three weeks. That's whenever I'll make my decision on to buy or sell. 
Let's Sorry. remember, everybody, this was without his one number one wide receiver, too. Just throwing that out there. But all right, all right. Uh, I've made my case. I've made my case. I'm done selling it. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, so we'll definitely have to pencil that in to look at look back at these takes here in a few weeks. But so for my first um, take for the stock market is um, going to be looking at Khalil Herbert a little bit closer because I – I don't know. I think the Bears are in a tough spot and they're going to need to solidify some more of their weapons, give people touches and carries that need it, then that are going to be more productive. And I think Khalil Herbert's in a weird spot where he's not necessarily, he's not a power back. And so my take is um, that I think Khalil Herbert might be screwed this season or kind of in a running back purgatory setting where, yeah, he, I think he had like five carries, 25 yards, got some screen passes last game, but when Roshan Johnson got some snaps, he looked like a complete menace out there. He was a candidate for, you know, angry run of the week. He didn't get it, but um, Baker Mayfield stole that from him week one, but I'm sure he might have another uh, opportunity to do it later. But I did want to say that like Roshan Johnson already got more snaps than Khalil Herbert did in week one, which I think is pretty insane. He just needs to get more carries. And I think he could easily take Khalil Herbert's position. So I'm definitely going to be buying in on the news that I think Khalil Herbert might be screwed this season, but we'll see with time. Yeah, no, I'm actually exactly with you. I'm trying to sell Khalil Herbert because of exactly what you said. Roshan Johnson, I think he's taken over that role. 100% buying on this one. I hate to be that guy. But I'm I'm holding. I so. I do agree. <laughs> Leo Herbert he had nine carries. He had three catches, thirty-seven yards, which I think is pretty decent. But this game got out of hand fairly quick. And early on, they Cleo Herbert was their first back, and they eventually started switching. And Roshan got a lot of his touches late. I thought, which is why I I don't think it's going to be like the Roshan show. In week two, if if it is like, I'm, I'm excited to watch it, but I I think they're going to keep going with Herbert, and I think the guy that could be the odd man out is Deontay Foreman. I thought he kind of lacked a little bit of juice, and I think Foreman or I think Roshan Johnson can do what Foreman can do. So I th- I think in the end it might be a Khalil Herbert and Roshan show, but at the same time like. You said purgatory, and that that could be purgatory. They're both splitting in an offense that's not great. Um, and especially it's like Roshan has a good week, Herbert has a good week. How do you know? Like that I could see the purgatory in that sense. But I I think Herbert's a good player. Um, I just think the Bears were kind of trying out everything in that game. Like it was a disaster all the way across the board. And that's why in week two they they gotta change something up. I'm gonna talk about the Bears in a little bit, but yeah, I'm I'm not ready to buy into that yet, but I I definitely see the vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I think it would, I think it's really cool if uh, it would be really cool if the Bears could, you know, start with the dynamic of what they've done for like the last five years, where they have you know their main power back, and then they kind of have their smaller agile guy coming in. So I could I would like to see the Bears kind of develop like a Zeke Tony Pollard um, dynamic, but we shall see eventually. Who knows? 
Yeah, the whole thing is there where Roshan Johnson's going to get the more valuable touches, and that's why I would end up liking him a little bit more. Of course, Khalil Herbert's going to be the one that's catching the ball, but I don't know. I'm I'm always – take like I like A.J. Dillon over Aaron Jones. That take has bitten me in the ass quite a few times now, but I don't know. I I, I like the guys who are going to score touchdowns, dog. Yeah, definitely understandable. I'll go ahead and go with my next one here. Um, it's time to be concerned about Justin Fields and his future with the Bears. Like, I'll just keep riding with the Bears here. It's it's time to be concerned. And I'll I'll start it out. I'm buying it. It's it's time. It's time to be concerned. It was not a great week for the Bears, and it's year three of Justin Fields. And we're still seeing a lot of the same issues. Like that's that's the sad like the sad truth. He just is refuses to just throw the ball. Like the the Bears have guys open. Like that's that's not the issue anymore. Like last year was, they didn't have the receivers. This year he's got the receivers, and his his internal clock is still off. Like he's still like he sees open guys and he just doesn't throw it. Like he, I just don't know if he just wants them more open. I don't know what it is, but it's like rewatching the film on that game. It's just like, it kind of confirmed what I was seeing out there. It's just like, he's still off. Like he just, I don't know if he doesn't have the confidence. I, I don't know if he's not comfortable in the offense, not comfortable in the pocket. I don't know, but he seems to see the field and he sees these guys who are open. He just doesn't throw it. And that's a problem. Like, especially when teams take away the deep ball, take away the deep developing routes. He in quick game, he just refuses to make the throws. And like for the Bears' future, for Justin Fields' future, it's just like it's like if they're gonna be in an offense where they're not gonna have him run a ton, like there's not a lot of future with him for the Bears. And that's the unfortunate truth. I do think if the Bears transition to being a run happy offense, I think Fields could have some success. But as of right now, he is not there as a passer. And I, that's something I thought by now he would be better, but he's he's just not there. And that's the unfortunate reality. And the Bears, like, they need to change things up. Like, whether that be Roshan getting a lot of touches, like, their offense just needs to change. And they and Fields, like, he, he's got to start performing or things are going to get a little dicey in Chicago. Wow from our bears fan himself i do think this okay let me just make sure i'm I'm understanding justin fields didn't actually start a game until the last year week six correct no that's not correct it's been two years this is this it was week six of his rookie year mm-hmm. so this is the third year now yep almost the, okay okay Damn, I was sitting here really hoping <laughs> that uh, that last year he, it was the year that he got in after week six. Darn it, um, boy! I thought I was gonna be the most negative one because I was I was holding on this. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I still think that you gotta at least hold out a few more weeks. Uh, that's just yeah. I mean, that's just how I. You get you had the chance to take Bryce Young this year and trade away Justin Fields. You didn't. Um, it's kind of like the Trey Lance situation over in San Fran, but. I just think you got to like, I mean, you got to try it. Like, you know, I mean, you got to give him every opportunity that he can before you make that move. Gosh, who's their backup? I I want to step in. I 
Justin Fields is going to be their quarterback this year as long as he's healthy. Like they're going to give him every opportunity, but it's just I, in my opinion, it's time to be concerned because I, yeah, I mean, I just, I just, they did not look good, and like they didn't look good against the Packers, who like they had a they had a first year quarterback starting, and they made him look amazing, and the uh, Bears' how, offense struggled. How and much did the Bears' offense play in preseason? The starters. They did play, like they, they did. Yeah, they did. They played, I think, two games, and Ooh. like that's my thing. Is it's like he's got the new receivers I'm to come up with everything for him. <laughs> yeah, like it's just it's not a great start. I'm, I'm not fully out on Fields. Like I'm still a huge supporter, but I, I do think it's time to be a little concerned. I mean, I I can I can I can buy that. It's time to be concerned. I can buy that. Yeah. So selling fields, but you know, yeah. All right, on to you, Logan. <laughs> yeah, geez, just <laughs> name a better dynamic Chicago fans and hating their team for no reason. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I definitely feel like I'm holding on Justin Fields because you know I'm not some expert analyst on quarterbacks or anything, but I feel like the problem that he does have, if he can get the right help, is honestly not a bad issue to have. Like, yeah, holding the ball is horrible, but it's like he. I don't know. Maybe he's closing his eyes or something, but if you do watch his plays, he's looking straight at all of the receivers that are wide open. So if he could just move the ball, you know, towards those receivers, I think that his issue would be, you know, completely resolved, but I don't know. I feel like it's interesting to see the bears um, offense change so drastically in like one year, because last year was like, he didn't have the receivers. The linemen were horrible, but it looks like, you know, they give him appropriate amount of time to make decisions. So it's kind of like, you can't even like blame. I can't remember if it was a right guard or right. Or one of their linemen got hurt before the season too. So it's like, it didn't even look like that impacted the offense at all. So it's just like, I don't know if they need to, I don't know, change the offense or something, even though it looked, I don't know. The routes look fine. I already watched like all of their offensive snaps. So it's just like at this point, I'm going to write the right week one. Justin Fields is him having like a case of the yips or he's a bit nervous. He just wasn't pulling the trigger on anything. So I'm going to, you know, give him half a season to, you know, revisit this one. So I'm going to keep holding on him. Yeah. And I'm, I'm I'm willing to wait it out. Like I have a lot of Justin Fields on Dynasty teams. Like I'll be honest, I have a lot of teams that I have high hopes for. So I'm I have confidence in him. I do. I, I I'm going to start him with confidence. I I hope he's the guy for the future. I really do. I just think after week one, like the same concerns that I thought would be fixed were still popping up, and like maybe it's just week one. The Packers Packers defense could be a lot better. To, than a lot of people thought. And I, I do think they're pretty good, but it's just like the same issue. It's just like him taking too many sacks, like him not throwing the ball. Like I know like waiting that's been a point of him. for sure. What's that? I said waiting too long to throw the ball. That's, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's just what it comes down to. Is he, he waits forever. Like, I mean, yeah, his like yeah. internal clock is off. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I do. Yeah. And it's, it's tough. I, I, I hope he can get it turned around. Like, I just think they, they need to have a conversation because it's clear, like, based on stuff I've seen, that Matt Eberflus, the coach, told him we need to cut down on turnovers. And Justin Fields thinks, you know what? 
If I just hold the ball and not throw it, I won't turn it over and only throw it when someone's wide open. But it's just like they need to have an like conversation. It's just like this offense will not be very good if Justin Fields is not being aggressive and not throwing the ball when he has the opportunity. Like, let him turn the ball over. Like, let him play. Let him be him. And that's why I, I'm not selling on this. I'm, I'm not selling on Fields, but I am buying the idea that I'm a bit concerned. Yeah, I did want to. I don't. I don't know if they need to. I, I maybe I need to rewatch some of the snaps or something. But I don't know if they need to tell Justin Fields. I completely forget. I swear there was like a college team that ran this offense where they immediately have the quarterback moving out of the pocket, and I'm wondering if that would even help him so that he's like getting rolling and he's already kind of like you know, rolling out to the right and he has to just mark off like a quarter of the field so that he's like, either I run this or I throw it, you know, to someone in front of me so that he has like a little bit extra space, but I don't know. It's a tough, it's, it's tough for him right now. Who knows? Yeah. I'm with you. I, at this point in time, he's not a pocket passer. Like you got to find ways to get the offense going. And that's on the bears coaching staff. They had all off season to get this figured out. Maybe they hope Justin Fields, would transform himself, but it's it's not looking great so far. But luckily, there's a lot of season left, and Justin Fields is going to get these opportunities. But we'll be right back with Jesse's next take. We're back. Jesse. What up? All right. So everybody knows Monday night, horrible night for the Jets. But we all also got to see what the potential of what was there in Garrett Wilson. Batting the ball back to himself. How many times do you see that in the NFL? With an NFL-level defender on you, you're able to actually intentionally Bat the ball back to yourself. I think that Garrett Wilson might have the talent, guys. My my take is Garrett Wilson has the talent to still break out, even with Zach Wilson at quarterback. And there's talk that they're looking. There's talk they're looking out there. Of course, you know, I mean, there's only really one option that gets you excited, and he's an owner. Um, but, yeah, and I doubt we're getting him back. But, anyway, uh. I'm holding. I'm holding this one, fellas. I'm not selling it yet. I'm not willing to sell it yet. You guys know Wolf of Wall Street. I ain't leaving. <laughs> I gotta ask Jesse what What's the breakout look like to you? Garrett Wilson having. Ah, oh gosh, dang! You're gonna make me put numbers in front of it because he only had like 32 yards receiving. Uh, I mean, you know, Garrett Wilson breaking out with with Zach Wilson at the helm. It's like 1,200, 1,300 yards. I think that it's possible. And then, you know, four or five touchdowns in there. Um, Of course, that isn't the breakout level that we were expecting with Garrett, like with Aaron Rodgers. It's not – the ceiling's lower. I mean, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But I just still think that Garrett Wilson could really be – could still continue to be special, um, even with, you know, Zach Wilson or whoever they end up having quarterback there. Uh, I was listening to a few podcasts today, and or maybe it was – yeah, it was yesterday, yesterday morning. 
And uh, they were saying, you know, they wouldn't take – they would take Garrett Wilson fourth round earliest. I'd still be taking him earlier than that. So, I don't know. I still think that he's going to make it – make the year special. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a little hopeful. But what do you guys think? Ah, uh, Garrett Wilson. Huge sell on my, you know, on my uh, radar right now. I'm just kidding. Um, I, I think uh, Garrett Wilson, realistically, it's hard to judge all these just after one week of production and then kind of just like a season changing injury to Aaron Rodgers. But I don't know. I think I think just holding on to him is the safe option. But if you look at kind of like a meter, he's on the hold slash sell side of my, you know, radar right now. But I don't know. They need to scheme him up a little bit more. He's definitely looks pretty elite, but I don't know about Zach Wilson's ability to like not get sacked 20 yards behind the line right now. I mean, maybe if they solve that or get another quarterback, maybe, but and Zach Wilson, I think did have like one really good deep ball too, that I was kind of impressed with, but um, yeah, for me, that's a hold on the sell side right now, but we'll see here in a few weeks. Maybe the jets will make a move at uh, getting, Jameis Winston or something. Who knows? Yeah, that's what for me it just comes down to like who's playing quarterback. If if it's Zach Wilson, like we know what he is. Like, but at the same time, I'm one who's just like someone's I've seen people say Gardner Minshew, uh Taylor Heineke, like those kind of players, but it's just like I'd rather see Zach Wilson, like let him improve, like write it out, like maybe he'll figure out his potential. But, like, at the same time, I'm like, you can't waste this roster this season on a guy who's just not ready. And that's why I think they at least explore the option. Like, whether that be Jameis, like what Logan said, like, I think that's a decent option. Um, Andy Dalton, I've seen float around. Like, that might be a decent one. Like, he he looked okay for the Saints. And it's just like, that's, that's what the Jets need with that defense. It's just like, if you can be okay. And... As far as the breakout, Jesse, I'm sorry, I'm I'm selling because I I just don't see a wide receiver one for Garrett Wilson. I I think he can be a wide receiver two player, but I I think in order for him to break out, like because last year was he wide receiver twenty five to thirty. It's just like if he can, I don't I think reaching wide receiver one status with a not so good quarterback, um, I think that's going to be tough. But I, I think he's a great talent. I think he's a really good player. And if they can kind of figure out the quarterback position, I think he can lead the offense. But to get to the breakout status, um, unfortunately, Jesse, I'm selling. So let me ask you, whenever uh, Devontae Adams went from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr, did, did he immediately become a wide receiver too? Are we comparing – Derek Carr to Zach Wilson, because I'm I'm selling that. I'm Damn, kidding. yeah, no, no, that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> I was gonna say, you're like, hold on, wait a minute. I'm, 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 I might be grasping here a little bit. I was mainly trying to compare Devontae Adams and Garrett Wilson, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I I I, I get where you're coming from. I I really do. I I get it all. But uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, even. I just I just believe in his talent and uh 
Yeah, I don't know. I did have a, a good little smart little comeback. Um, it might have been what I what I said and you countered, but uh, I had something. I'll, I'll shout out shout it out if I think of it again. Don't worry. Yeah, I mean, the, if the Jets find a way to like, if the Vikings start off zero four, you get Kirk Cousins. The Rams start losing, you get Matt Stafford. I'm in. I'm in. But I think the likelihood that those teams get rid of those guys. Um, it's going to be pretty slim. Yeah, no, and, and like you said, Jameis would be like a perfect solution. But the only thing is, all these players that you're mentioning, besides like Matthew Stafford, I don't see him winning a Super Bowl, and that's what the Jets are chasing this year. And so I, I, I don't know which direction they go from here. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm just a believer in Garrett Wilson's talent. I've always been – this is what I was going to say, is you know what, though? At the end of the day, whenever I was buying Garrett Wilson, you want to know what round he was going for? Round four at the end of last year, the beginning of this offseason. So you know what? It's very similar to crypto whenever I bought that Solana coin and it went up and I made like a ton of money, but then I didn't cash it out. <laughs> so I'm right back where I started. Woo! <laughs> Buy, sell, or hold. Jesse's winning here. That's 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 what we figured out. <laughs> Uh yeah, but that's 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 the one. All righty, I guess we'll move on to uh to one of your next ones, Nick. All right, Logan stepped away here for a second. I'll I'll go ahead and hop into my next one. Logan, you're you're back. Do you want to go go ahead here with your yeah your next yep, one? Yep. I just had to you know get a lasagna out of the oven, so it's just you know. Ooh cooking up some dinner, cooking up some uh, good takes here. And with my next take is Javante Williams will have a comeback fantasy season where people regret drafting him so late because he might not be the most productive runner like he used to be. But so I think the way that I'm going to rationalize this is that Russell Wilson has been struggling for a long time about like having a high pressure to sack ratio. And he's just constantly scrambling out of the pocket one thing that Sean Payton's really good at doing is getting his running backs involved in the passing game. And I think that I think the funny thing about the last game was I'll have to pull up the stats here really quickly, but I think Javante Williams had five catches for like six yards or something, which is insane because that's just like free fantasy points to Javante every game. So Russell Wilson can avoid a hit. So I think that, he he won't be a comeback player of the year like Brees Hall's looking like he is already, but I think that he could surprise a lot of people fantasy production wise just because, I mean he got 13 carries that's a pretty solid load for his uh, first game back, and I just think that, what was it yeah, it was four catches for five yards which is you know a free four pa- fantasy points and if you just tack that on and it takes him from like, you know a ten of baseline like 10 fantasy point score i think that's probably where he's at right now it could start taking him up to 15 if you can get like a touchdown or some productive catching or receiving yards but i don't know i think i'm i'm gonna buy into this one i feel like a lot of them i'm trying to hold out be a little bit conservative and just say i'm gonna hold to see more but i think that javante williams is just gonna keep growing more and more into that offense and he's shown in the past he can be really productive and i think he's gonna continue to do it this year all right i'll, I'll start with this one i'm i'm buying i'm i'm in i'm i'm in on javante i like that's the big thing is he had, he had the big injury like 
he had the LCL involved, and that's that's proven to be tough. Like J.K. Dobbins, like we figured out, like that's it's tough to come back from. But based on all reports coming out of the Broncos, just like this guy has kind of been an anomaly. Like he's been he's been unlike anything they've ever seen before. Like he got what did he get? Thirteen carries first game. Like that's pretty darn good. Five receptions. Like he played a lot the first game after a bad knee injury and that that's great and based on reports i've seen as well it's just like this team is going to be like typical sean payton's team like in what they showed in week one is they're going to throw to their running backs they're going to throw to their tight ends like they're going to run the ball and that looks good for javante and like i'm one who like i think sean payton's like a pretty decent coach to where i think they're going to be in a lot of games to where like the game script is going to be in javante's favor to where like yeah, I I think I'm in. I think I'm in. And that's that's bold to say after week one, like for a running back after a big injury, after seeing James Robinson last year, like there's been people that have really hurt us before. But I this workload and yeah, I'm in. I love to hear it, uh, you know, all aboard the Javante Williams hype train. And I think I think one thing I did want to point out, too, because I kind of forgot about it is just that his ADP was so high in any like single season league. I was just picking him up just to throw a dart at a good PPR running back. But I don't know. What do you what, what's your position on this, uh, Jesse? Oh, my goodness, guys. Are we watching the same game? Absolutely joking. Let me on the train, baby. yeah no absolutely man exactly what i was talking about earlier too with the just i like goal line running backs the ones that are gonna get the valuable touches uh that's absolutely javante man he's a power back he can catch the ball he's he was one of i mean yeah i mean he he was one of my favorite running backs like whenever he was coming out he's yeah i mean he's an absolute beast i think nick was actually the one that was that was putting me on to him back whenever he was in college even and, uh, yeah, I think we've all really liked Javante. It'd be great to see him bounce back. And uh, for all the reasons that you pointed out, and then on top of the fact that I always like my goal line guys, yeah, I'm going Javante. I'm definitely hopping on board. Hell, yeah. Love to hear it. Um, let's hope this uh, train doesn't crash too hard. Let's hope it just keeps going forward because I would love to see him return to his uh, ways that Nick stated early on in his career that he had, like, one of the weirdest broken tackle statistics I'd ever seen. It's like – I was like, does he break like five tackles a game? How does he even get that much of a, a number for that stat? It's insane to me. Dude's a good player. I I was team Javante over Najee Harris before it was cool. Like before his last season in college. He was. He was. I'll verify. You guys know I'm very good at calling out Nick whenever he's uh, he does something bad. I'll give him credit <laughs> too. He he was on the Javante train before it was cool. All right. Yeah. Everybody's aboard the Javante train. Everybody's buying some money together, baby. That's right. (laughs) All right. I'll go to my next one here. This one I'm excited about. Ryan Tannehill will be an Atlanta Falcon by the trade deadline. I'll toss it to you guys. Um, I don't know. I still don't think I have an answer for this one. Uh, trying to support the Titans is a pretty hard watch last Sunday. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I will say, I don't know. I need to, I need to, 
acquire some more information behind the scenes to see how Mike Vrabel's treating Ryan Tannehill. Cause I think that was one of the oddest dynamics I'd ever seen whenever Ryan Tannehill essentially lost in the game against the Bengals. And for some reason, Mike Vrabel is always there to like hold his hand, say everything's going to be all right and to look forward. So I'm going to be looking out to see if that attitude changes this year, but honestly, with their new GM, I could see something weird like that happening. And I know a lot of teams wouldn't be interested in Ryan Tannehill, but he's got a good old buddy there in, on the Falcons. So I'll say hold, but on the buy side. Actually, I'll just buy into it. We can change that later, you know, or we can just look like absolute geniuses whenever it does happen. So I'll I'll, I'll go with a buy on that one. So. All right, this one I'm serious. I'm selling. <laughs> uh, what are the Falcons going to do with two bad quarterbacks? <laughs> I mean, seriously, why would they do that? Dude? They're just going to get another Spencer. Like, what? Like, what are they doing with that? Just get an older one? <laughs> why would they do that? But, uh, man, I'll tell you what. You guys, you know what you made me think of, though? If the Jets do that, that would be the only thing that would make me more upset than if Zach Wilson were playing. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm I'm selling it, man. I hope the Falcons don't do something like that. But uh, yeah, no, no, I'm selling it. I mean, it it, it would be a long shot. It, it would be it'll be so funny if it happens because that is a, quite the call, Nick. But uh, as far as the stock market goes, I'm not risking my own money there. I'm selling it. <laughs> I, I respect it. That was that was a good one. That was a good one, I, Jesse. You you did not like the other one I considered, which was making the change for Ryan Tannehill to the Jets. But I'm I'm. I'm holding off on that. Gosh, I hope not. But for me here, I'm I'm buying it. I'm buying it. Like I, I Arthur Smith, like he he was the guy that had the good season out of Brian Tannehill. And he's the coach of the Falcons. And to go along with Jesse's point here, Arthur Smith spent like three quarters of the season on Marcus Mariota. So he loves him a bad quarterback. And especially a bad quarterback that has had some success, like Arthur Smith is going to eat that up. And the biggest thing is I've been a Desmond Ritter guy. I've been a fan of him. I, I like what I, I've liked his potential. I like what him as a prospect, but it was clear after week one. And I thought it was the case last year, but I thought maybe it'd be different. It's just, he doesn't have trust in Ritter. Like that's, that's something anyone can see watching that game. It's just that offense. is just like, it's running first, second, third down, third and five. Like, let's try to run again here. Let's see what happens. Like, he likes to win games. Um, he'll he'll run a hundred times if he can. But I think if he can get a quarterback that he can have a little more trust in, he would do it. And the only way this happens is if the Titan season starts to fall off the tracks. And unfortunately, Logan, I do think that's possible. But they have a good defense, and they seem to like Tannehill. But even if it doesn't completely fall off the tracks, I, right, Tannehill could just struggle. And unlike the Falcons, the Titans have Will Levis. They have Malik Willis. Like They have two quarterbacks that are waiting and that they spent draft capital on. That if Ryan Tannehill struggles, Arthur Smith will still like him, but the Titans might not. Yeah, and, I do just oh, want to... Or go ahead, Jesse. Sorry. Oh, how quickly things can change. Because you know, you guys know last week, last week around this same time, I was putting a bet on the Titans over for the win based on our podcast. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
Yep, got a bet on there. Over for the wins on the season. Hey, we're banking on it, baby. Let's go, Titans. What is it? Uh, what's the line or what's the total on that? I think the line was eight and a half. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. Don't listen to Nick, though. I do want to clarify to anyone that listens to this. Nick says the Titans are going to have a bad season every year. So I can hold him accountable on that one. He's been saying it every year. And Nick's a hater. We all know it. (laughs) Clear some things up here. The Titans could trade Ryan Tannehill and still finish over eight and a half wins. Like, because in my opinion, they have a tough start to the season to where I can see them starting off 0-3 and really rebounding after that. But it could be after they trade Tannehill. I mean, Tannehill was not good week one. Like, I know a lot of the elite quarterbacks were bad, but it's just Tannehill was like, it was at the point where, like, is this guy, like, is his arm okay? Like, what's going on? He was not good. But Arthur Smith doesn't care. Yeah, it it gave major washed concerns. Major washed concerns. So then, oh, sorry. So I think uh, I'm I'm next on the list here. So my take was actually uh, something that got disrupted live here on the podcast. You guys heard it earlier in the pod when Logan told me Kenneth Gainwell is out this Thursday. Because my take was Kenneth Gainwell is going to be the main Eagles running back for the entire season. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, with him being out this Thursday, boys, there's a chance. And I'm going to sell it. I'm gonna sell it. I think DeAndre Swift might have a chance now. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, we could we we can go through real quick if you guys want. You guys can go ahead and say what you think about it, but we can we can also move on quickly here. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like yeah, maybe this is one of those stocks you'd kind of just push to the back, but I don't know. I still have faith in him. I don't know. Maybe Sirianni is one of those guys that just trusts someone that's been on their team for a while. I'm actually gonna hold on to that one because I have DeAndre Swift in too many leagues. So I at least need to have some positive, you know, if he does bad. So I'm going to hold on to this take. So I like it. Work in your personal portfolio. I like oh, it. Not pitching penny stocks like Nick did on that last take, you know. High <laughs> <laughs> risk, high reward for looking like a genius. <laughs> that was so good. Hey, let, let's let's settle down here, guys. <laughs> Just kidding. How do uh, you feel about Kenneth Gainwell, Nick? What do you think of him? I'm holding. I'm holding. I, I don't have a strong take on this. I, it seems like they like Gainwell. Like he got a lot of touches, but they also seem to still like Boston Scott, and they want to give touches to DeAndre Swift. And based on everything I've seen, Rashad Penny is going to be active this week. Like, I think the Eagles' backfield is still yet to be shaken out, and. I, I hate to go full finance guy here. I was a finance major. Like, if Kenneth Gainwell is the full-time starter, like, I'll buy that stock at the end, and it'll still not be that high. Um, <laughs> I just – I don't see the potential there with him. And I I just – I hope there's somebody else there. But in the meantime, I'm holding. I, I don't think Kenneth Gainwell is great. I think he's a fine back. But, yeah, I'll hold. No, I mean, I, I definitely, uh, I, I understand both, both the takes. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. All right, Logan, on to you. Yeah, so for my last uh, take for the stock market, I'm uh, pitching the idea that Allen Robinson's due for a veteran breakout season. I think, I think after watching what happened in that last game, I mean, 
I should define veteran breakout season. I think that's kind of an interesting, uh, to play on words. It doesn't really make sense, but he's been kind of quiet for the last two years. And I think he's going to return back to be, Oh, I hate to put a number on it because it's just one game. Deontay Johnson just got ruled out for a few weeks, I think, but I think Allen Robinson could, uh, we'll say 850 yards on the season. Is is that high enough for a veteran breakout or do I need to go for a thousand? What do you guys think? I was thinking 800. All right. Yeah. I'll keep, I'll keep the total at 850. And I think that, you know, from what I saw week one, that Allen Robinson still kind of has like some really shifty feet. He's got the high football IQ. And I think it was shown in the second half of the Steelers game, even though they were getting blown out, um, that he has a knack for sitting in zone defenses right in the opening. So if Kenny Pickett keeps his eyes on him, he'll, he'll get some volume for sure. So I'm, I'm buying in on that idea. What do you guys think? Allen Robinson's one of the weirdest players I've ever seen, like, career. Like, because there's been times where it just seems like he doesn't want to play football. Um, but, uh, dude, I've bought and lost so many times on Allen Robinson. What's one more? Let's go. Let's buy it up, baby. Fourth time's the charm. <laughs> All right. That's pretty much what I got to say about it. I mean, that's that's. I've always believed in him, man. I don't know. He, he was so good when he came into the league, and it's just like it's so hard to believe that now he's just ass. So, yeah, no, no, I mean, I'm, I'm buying it. I'm with you. Let's make some money together. Yeah, I think something that's interesting is Allen Robinson hasn't had a good last two years, but he's still on an NFL team. For some reason, teams want him, so he's got something to prove this year. Not only that, he played a lot this week. Like he, he started in the slot and they, they had him moving all over the field. Like that's one thing. Cause we haven't talked about this a lot on the pod. I'll, I'll kind of throw him under the bus here, but Logan's a big Kenny Pickett guy. And like, he told me to watch some of him. So I, I watched it earlier and because of that, I'll buy, I'm buying like Al Robinson. They, they had him in motion a lot. And they had him in good positions to succeed. And, like, I was one in the training camp storylines. I was out on the Steelers' offense. After watching that, you know what? Like, 49ers have a good defense. I I might be kind of buying low on the Steelers' offense. I, I think this is a decent time to do that. And with Deontay Johnson out, and I still don't love George Pickens' ability to get open. Like, Allen Robinson's a guy that – Sounds like they're going to keep him in the slot. Like Calvin Austin, when Deontay Johnson was out, like he moved into the Deontay Johnson role to where just if they have Allen Robinson still working in the slot and he was open a lot early on, Kenny Pickett wasn't throwing it to him, but later on he was. And if he can get open, if he can make plays for that offense. Like, yeah, I could see an 800 yard season. And that's, that's a lot for someone who was kind of left out to dry after the last season, but I'll buy in. I'll buy in. He's a good talent, and it's possible he just didn't like his last two scenarios. I mean, we've seen the Bears. Like, I don't like watching it either, and he's on the field. <laughs> That's such a good one. Well, you know, that is something that I did think about, too, with Justin Fields on the on, – not to go back too far, but with Justin Fields, man, it is wild how the Bears have, like, never really had a successful quarterback. And it was like, hey, man, maybe this is the guy, and now – if you're starting to doubt it, it's like, 
maybe it's something about the field, man. Like, I don't know. Why do they always suck at the Bears? That's crazy. I, mean, I know they call it the Windy City, but my goodness. It's like tradition. Yeah, I, I completely agree. When you got Jim Harbaugh as your third time uh, or your number three on your all-time passing list, I think there might be a problem. Who knows? With the way yeah. Matt Eberflus is doing so far, like – Bring in Jim Harbaugh after he wins the championship this year. Like I'll I'll allow him to slide over. Go Bears. What if what if the Bears get Caleb Williams? Bear down. Tear it down. <laughs> oh, you said bear down. Bear down. Okay. okay. I think he said tear it down. I thought you were saying just tear down the whole team. I was like, geez. Hey, Caleb Williams, Drake May. I'll support it. But in the meantime, I want Justin Fields to be good, guys. I want him to be good. All right, I think is it time for me to go on another one here? Um, all right, I'll do my last one here. Um, kind of teased this earlier, but the Eagles should have hired Shane Steichen as their head coach and let Nick Sirianni walk. All right, Jesse, I'll toss it over to you. Just go ahead and start us off. Well, I mean, I do understand your point, especially after, like, watching everything this last week. Uh, you know, it did seem like the Colts offense had a lot worse players but was able to almost run more uh, not effective. I mean, yeah, I mean, they were just – you could tell. You could tell there was the difference there. Uh, but at the same time, I do want you to imagine that, like, you're coaching a team and then the very next year you're their week one game. Do you think that maybe you'll you'll have a little bit of insight that – some other coaches might not on the like how things are going to be schemed. How I don't know. I mean, I could just I could really see the Colts just having like kind of. Of course, the Eagles didn't play any preseason games too. I mean, I'm I'm definitely not buying. I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely selling this. What am I talking about? The Eagles are gonna they're gonna become more efficient again. They just have too many weapons, man, and it's just. Yeah, I mean, I. Nick Sirianni is a good coach. I mean, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to talk on it too much, but um, because Shane Steichen is great, but I don't know. This one's tough. I like them both. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm selling because Nick Sirianni's our boy. That's who it is. That shit ain't changing. That's for sure. That isn't one that's gonna get reversed or anything. We aren't gonna get to see it the other way around. So sticking with how it is. Let's go, Nick Sirianni, baby. I hope this tanks and you lose all your money. <laughs> I haven't made an opinion yet, but I'll I'll toss it to Logan. I have a lot of thoughts on this. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, after Nick said he didn't have an opinion, I still feel like I don't really have an opinion on this because it might be too early to tell. I do feel like Nick Sirianni's done some bonehead things in his like tenure at Philly, but I feel like, I don't know. We always talk about DeAndre Swift, but who the heck says we want to get DeAndre Swift more than two touches after the game happened? Like, it's like, if you're thinking that now, why were you not thinking that during the game? I don't know. I'm I'm going to hold on this one. I definitely feel like losing Steichen was uh, it's a pretty bad loss, and he's already kind of shown he's going to be a good coach, I think, because he's you know made Anthony Richardson uh, look pretty serviceable week one. So I'm going to stick with holding on this one. Okay, but to be fair, with DeAndre Swift, if you're winning the game, 
and you know DeAndre Swift, like, I mean, he hasn't been insanely fragile, but he also hasn't been the most healthy player in the world. And you're trying to win a Super Bowl this year. I mean, you're not that concerned about beating the Colts week one. Like, if you have the win in, in the pocket, why send the guy out there? I don't know. That's just uh, – I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously defending the guy. But, uh, but yeah, Steichen, yeah, it was, a, it was a huge L. But you got to. Like, if you have an offensive coordinator that's one of the best in the league, they're going to be go become a head coach. That's how it works. Uh, but, well, unless you're Eric yeah. – I mean, anyway, um, <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right. And you go ahead. I, yeah. One second. I gotta, I just want to put this out there too. Cause I need to rewatch some of the Philly game, but I was Philadelphia winning the game or were they trying to lose is what I, I keep going back and forth with because it was a weird second half a really weird second half. Yeah, Jesse, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll take this one here. That's what, that's what I'll say. It's just like the, with the Swift thing, it's just like, Jesse, the Patriots had a shot to win that game on the last drive. Like the the Billy offense was not very good in that game. But I'll I'll start in. I I said earlier I didn't have an opinion, but I do have an opinion, a strong one on this, and I just didn't share it yet. That that was my thought. And I do think that I think the Eagles made a mistake. Like in my opinion, like I've I've talked about this here over the last week because I've it's something I formulated in the past, but this week was even more like made it more obvious to me. Like you can't let Shane Steichen walk out of the building. Like Nick Sirianni is an offensive coach. He was with the Colts before under Frank Reich, but he didn't call plays there. And he called plays when he first became the Eagles coach and it did not go well. Like, he was having Jalen Hurts drop back and throw the ball 35, 40 times a game, and they were losing. And then he finally was like, you know what? I'll let my offensive coordinator take over here. And Shane Steichen took over. Their offense transformed over the course of that season. And the next season, they made the Super Bowl. And, like, Jalen Hurts is one who – he was a second-round pick. Like, he was a good college player, but he was never great. But when he got Shane Steichen as his offensive coordinator, like he transformed into one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Jesse, I bet you love hearing me say that. But... Nick just still can't believe that Jalen Hurts is just a good quarterback. He just can't <laughs> believe it. He refuses. Okay, continue. Okay, so yeah. Jalen Hurts became good. But you know what? I think because we got a guy who talks to the press well and is a good cheerleader, we'll go ahead and toss – the guy who made Jaden Hurts really good, or at least got his strengths to really perform well, like let's just get him out of the building. And their defense last year was dominant. You know what? He's gone too. But guess what? We still got our guy who's a great cheerleader and is great with the press. He motivates the team. But it's just, can he call an offense? Well, no, he can't do that. Well, can he call a defense? Well, not exactly, but he'll give a good speech. Like, the Eagles offense, like, everyone was bypassing it this offseason that it's just the Eagles were going to be the same. Like, the offense was going to be business as usual. The defense, they're going to sack the quarterback 50,000 times again. Business as usual. Guess what? The defense wasn't as good. The offense wasn't as good. And they don't have the guys behind it anymore. Like, we have Brian Johnson there. And I think Brian Johnson could be good. But week one, like – he wasn't ready. Like, he wasn't ready to call a great deep, great offense. 
like by the end of the season, I think the Eagles could be good, but it's possible the Eagles also just don't figure it out. And that's because they, they lost the guys that helped organize such a good team. And in the, with the Colts, it's just Shane Steichen called a pretty good game with not a lot of great weapons there. Like I, I think Anthony Richardson has a lot of potential, but like he made Anthony Richardson look pretty decent as a passer. And he was in college for three years and he never looked decent as a passer. I watched a lot of his games. He never looked decent. Shane Steichen made him look decent. And the Eagles just gave up on that because he was the offensive coordinator. Like my thought is I'm buying this. I think you just let like a very important piece go. Like that guy is a good play caller. And that's a lot of probably overreacting off week one, but I, I think the Eagles made a mistake. So, yeah, that was my first point I was going to make is like, wow, this is quite, quite a lot that you, that you figured out from week one. So, I mean, in, in, incredible, but I do got to apologize. I was mixing the games of the Colts and the Jaguars with the Eagles and the Patriots. Okay. So let's, let's go ahead and run that back real quick. So, Okay. Who who was Nick Sirianni coaching against this weekend? Where uh, where his offense wasn't like quite as smooth and efficient as uh, as as it was last year? Was it the greatest defensive head coach that has ever walked the earth? Is it him? Is it Bill Belichick? One of the best ever? It was the goat. Oh, okay. Just just wanted to clear clear that up. And then uh, I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, like I said, I'm not gonna rip on Shines. I'm not gonna rip on Steichen. Like, I mean, he's. Yeah, he's great. I mean, but he he was an offense coordinator. He had to, I mean, he had to choose. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm all right with our uh, our cheerleader. I think that this all literally stems back to Nick just not being able to say, you know what, I was wrong about Jalen Hurts. But I just, I that's just what it all looks like to me, man. That's, that's he can't say, you know what, I was wrong about Trey Lance. I was wrong about Jalen Hurts. He just he can't do it, and that's okay, Nick. I get it. Um, of course, I did admit right away week one that Calvin Ridley, you know, I mean, I admitted my fault. But hey, hey, it's all good. You don't got to. No, but, uh, no I mean, I, it is what it is. I, I'm selling it. You're buying it. We'll see how the season goes. We'll see how the season goes. I think Nick Sirianni will be just fine. Our little cheerleader. Love him. <laughs> and, and what I'll say is, like, Jesse, by me saying this, this is me saying that Jalen Hurts is pretty good. And, like, you had a good thing going. It's just like now it's gone. And that's the unfortunate part of the NFL. I get it. And like maybe their offense is going to be good enough. I, they were good last year. And it's just like usually you'd like to think that the staff would be able to at least kind of retain a lot of like their schemes and whatnot. But I just think Shane Steichen's a good play caller. That's That's my thought. And I think he calls a good offense. And I, th- I think it's a tough loss. And th- that kind of goes into my greater point that I think I think not having an offensive coach just kind of hurts your team in the NFL. Like, I think an offensive coach is one that you should be, like, treasuring and keeping on your team because that's very important. And, well, sorry for going too much in on the Eagles there, Jesse, but I'm a bit nervous, but it's just week one. There's a lot of football left to be played. I wish the Eagles best of luck, but it was definitely a fun episode. And until next time, Denver Talk.